Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with the Beatitudes that Jesus spoke to the people in His Sermon on the Mount. It's one verse, one sentence. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Pretty simple. But rather than glaze over it, there are things here that we as Christians need to understand. What exactly is mercy? What does it mean to be merciful? What does it mean to receive God's mercy? Now, this is the fifth beatitude, and as Pastor Jim will explain, the first four were attitudes between the individual and God. But beginning with this fifth one, Jesus begins to describe attitudes that God's people have toward other people. Are you merciful in the way that Jesus describes? Here's today's slice of the sermon entitled, Conduits of Mercy. People say, well, you know, we'd, we'd be better off to get rid of the police and send out social workers instead. Now, that was tried way back, oh, I don't know, last month in Seattle How did it go? Well, you know, first day or two wasn't terrible, but you know, then they kind of wanted the trash picked up. And, and, And how did that work when somebody got killed? When there's a murderer loose in the group, you know, people kind of wanted the police. Okay? You you can't function that way purely on the human level. It doesn't work. But in the kingdom of God, oh yes. And we need to be, in this world, ambassadors of that kingdom. But neither Scripture nor our experience validates that that works on a purely human level. God works that way, but the world doesn't. Whoever showed more mercy than Jesus? Nobody. Nobody even came close. He... he, he healed countless thousands. He delivered people from, from demons. He, he, he spoke truth. He offered the gospel. He offered the, he offered the kingdom. He, he, he ultimately laid down his life. And what happened to him? Well, the more mercy he showed, the more he exposed the unmerciful hearts of men and women. And the more he showed mercy, the more they got together and they determined that they would kill him. His ultimate act of mercy, going to the cross, taking upon himself the penalty that everybody else deserved. You realize that in Jesus' crucifixion, he was showing mercy, and all the while the merciless government and the merciless religion united to kill him. Totalitarian Rome joined with intolerant Judaism to try to destroy the prince of mercy. It doesn't work on a human level. Now, is it good to show mercy? Absolutely it is. And the more you show mercy, the more you're going to understand the mercy of God. But understand, this is a principle of the kingdom of heaven. Who is blessed? Blessed are the merciful. Now, what does the blessing include? 
Look at the rest of the verse. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Again, I boil it down to a simple sentence. People who have received God's mercy become the most merciful to others. God multiplies mercy to them. And again, this this fifth beatitude does not teach that mercy brings mercy from men, but that mercy to men brings you mercy from God multiplied. If we're merciful to others, God will be merciful to us, whether men and women are or not. God is the one who fulfills this promise. Just as in the other Beatitudes, you realize, Beatitude number one, it's God who gives the kingdom of heaven to the poor in spirit. Second Beatitude, it's God who gives comfort to those who mourn. Third Beatitude, it's God who who bequeaths the earth to the meek. Fourth Beatitude, it is God who gives satisfaction to those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those who are merciful shall receive mercy from God. God gives the divine blessings to those who obey His divine standards. Luke recorded the principle a little bit differently. Luke chapter 6, verse 36. <coughs> Understand that not everything Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount is probably recorded in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. I think He preached a lot longer than it would have taken Him to read the three chapters that we have. This is a a boiled-down version of it. But he said many of these things on other occasions, and Luke records the principle this way, Luke 6.36. Be merciful just as your heavenly Father is merciful. Same idea. He didn't use the word blessed, but that's what he said. And if you state it again in in the terminology of the first cousin doctrine to mercy, the doctrine of forgiveness... You have it over in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. You You could stick mercy in there. It would work just as well. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, being merciful to each other, just as God in Christ also has been merciful to you. The same two observations that we've made about the other Beatitudes also fits here. Number one, understand that this promise is in the passive voice. You don't achieve mercy for yourself. That means that the source of the mercy is God. Blessed are the merciful. They will not stir up mercy. They will receive mercy. It's not something you can achieve for yourself. Second thing. Just what I said before, this one also has that emphatic pronoun in in it. Blessed are the merciful, for only those who are merciful receive the kind of mercy that comes from the hand of the King of mercy. You show me a person without mercy, a person who does not rejoice to forgive, a person who's not willing to let go of bitterness, And I'll show you an unsaved person. Regardless of what they profess to believe, how they live shows what they truly believe. Now, this is illustrated profoundly in a parable told by Jesus. It was on one of those times when uh, Peter acted like Peter. Peter was 
always the spokesperson, whether he had anything good to say or not. He was always the first to speak up. He was the most exuberant. He, he was obviously a leader, no doubt about that, good, bad, or indifferent. And it was one of those days when Peter almost got something right. He, he was on the right track. It's in Matthew 18, and Jesus has, has taught about woe to those who cause one of these little ones who believe in me to, to stumble. And he's talked about uh, restoring a brother or sister that, that, is, in, that is in sin and, uh, and, and trying to get them to come around to forgiveness. And um, Peter started to catch on. Matthew chapter 18. I want to show you the whole parable. This is really cool. Matthew 18, verses 21 and 22. Then Peter came up and said to him. Now, that's really interesting. Jesus was not giving an oral exam. He wasn't asking them. He'd asked them the question, who do people say that I am? Peter had come through in spades in that one. But now Peter comes up, and it's like he's going to show Jesus what he understands. Now, I've been told that the background of this is that among the rabbis, they taught that if your brother or sister sinned against you, you had to forgive them up to three times. Well, Peter, he's catching on to the magnitude of forgiveness. So Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? And I can just see Peter kind of motioning to the rest of the disciples. Watch this. I got this one. How often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Ouch. Nice try, Peter. You understand forgiveness better than most people, but you are infinitely short of understanding God's forgiveness. You imagine how fat your notebook would have to be that you would carry around with you to keep track of all the tick marks it would take to find out when somebody had sinned against you 491 times so you don't have to forgive him anymore? Obviously, he doesn't literally mean 70 times 7, 490 times. He was using hyperbole. You just keep forgiving. So, remember, Jesus is expounding upon repent For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Understand what the kingdom of heaven is like, Peter. So, let's dive into the parable. Matthew 18, verse 23. Jesus says, For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. A talent is a huge amount of money. It's actually an amount of weight. Uh, a talent of silver is, is worth a fortune. A talent of gold is worth a multiplied fortune. This guy owed him 10,000 talents. You couldn't possibly owe that much unless you had been embezzling or you were the government, and we won't go there. This guy had been unrighteous. Owes ten, he owes him something he could never repay. But since he did not have the means to repay... His Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had and repayment to be made. In other words, he was given a life sentence. You are going to become a slave now and 
every bit of income that can be derived from everything you do will go toward this debt, and you can't work off that debt. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.